it's Christmas time, and I wonder what you are searching for. Would you stop and think, because we're all searching, and my question is not just what are you searching for, is it's deeper than that. Is it really bringing what you hoped it would bring? You know, whatever it is that you're finding, is it making an impact, a difference? Because you know what I found is a lot of, a lot of the time, I, I'll reach for something and, and then find that, oh, it, it didn't last. And then I'll reach for something else and, and then I find that didn't bring as long-lasting hope as I wanted. I, I'll reach for something else and, and it's always just right out of my grasp, if not careful. You know, Christmas is a beautiful time, but I, I think it, it reveals a need within us that goes beyond what this world could ever fulfill. You know, yes, Jesus is being proclaimed in the department stores even. Hey, if you listen, he's everywhere this time of year. But yet I think uh, there's probably not a, a, a time of year in which he's ignored more as he's proclaimed more. You know, a little over 2,000 years ago, the night was set. It was all quiet and everything was still. All the lights in Bethlehem had all but been shut out probably at this point. And in a quiet stable, there's a young woman by the name of Mary. She... She'd had a painful night, in fact, so painful at times as the contractions would come, she'd bite her lip and look around, really, is this going to happen here? Joseph by her side, excited and yet scared with a fearful look on his face. It's like, honey, it's going to be okay as he held her hand and says, push a little harder, you can do this. And inside he's going, I sure hope that it'll be okay. He's not sure what to do, so he straightens the, the, the straw in the manger. He, he gets her some water. He, he kind of walks around, not sure what else. And It's a long night, an exhausting night. When all is said and done, Mary is just fine, and the baby Jesus, he's, well, he's beautiful as newborn babies are. Hmm. <laughs> Think back as they would be laying there as only mom and dad can do. They, they start to just look in an amazement of the miracle of life. And they whisper to one another, wonder what all this could mean as their child lays there asleep. They slowly drift off to sleep. And about that time, there's a little rap at the stable door. And Joseph kind of comes out of his grog and and he grogginess, and he oh, the innkeeper? What does he want? Oh, he stumbles over. About this time, Mary wakes up. The baby starts to cry, and she goes and gets baby Jesus, pulls him to her chest, and Joseph opens the door, and not an innkeeper, it's shepherds. 
right out of the field, stinking and smelling and right, what? One steps forward and says, oh, sir, I, I'm sorry, but we just had to come. We, we, I know this is going to sound crazy, but we were out in the fields and, and an angel appeared and, and well, I know this is crazy, and Joseph just smiles. <laughs> crazy? No. That sounds about right. Come on in. They just stand there, and as Mary calms baby Jesus, and his whimpers slowly get quieter, and the shepherds not knowing what to do, they, they just kind of stood there, mouths wide open, gaping at salvation coming in the form of a baby. They whisper as he falls asleep. You know, I couldn't believe it when the angels, it was dark and, and all of a sudden, wham, they were there and, and they told us of salvation for the world. You know, we don't know exactly how it all happened, but it was about like that. A little over 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, God, in the form of a baby, entered into the world. What you may not have realized is that 700 years before that moment, the prophet Isaiah actually proclaimed and foretold what would happen. Isaiah 7, 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, these prophecies are just amazing. You realize there's over 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. Hundreds of years before he was born, it was foretold where he'd be born, how he would be born, what would happen in his life, how he would even die. Wow. You know, this fulfillment of prophecy was recorded in Matthew chapter 1. Let me read to you. As he considered, that is Joseph, considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. You're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Now, this was not just... God created us. It's not just God heard our prayers from heaven. It's not just God watching over us. And it's definitely not God from a distance. It's God with us. God with us. Say that with me. God with us. God with us makes all the difference. Oh, God stepping into our world as a tiny baby to be born to a peasant couple in a manger in a stable. 
This ordinary baby was not so ordinary after all. God in a manger. You know, astronaut James Irwin, one of the first men to walk on the moon, said God walking on the earth is more important than man walking on the moon. Oh, he was right. He absolutely was. See, you have to ask why, though. Why is it that Emmanuel split history B.C., A.D.? Why is it that Emmanuel changes everything about your life and my life? Why is it that Emmanuel, God with us, why is it that it makes Christmas so special? Well, see, Emmanuel means God understands me. That, that matters. You've been through hard times just as I've been. You've probably experienced pain and hurt, and, and it makes all the difference when someone understands because they've been there, not just understands conceptually. There's nothing that is more annoying than when you're hurting and someone comes up, oh, I understand, and they've never been through what you've been through. You're like, shut up, you do not. Well, you don't say that, but that's what you internally say. And, 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 you know, you say, well, God understands everything. He knows it all. Well, yeah, but does he understand? Well, he became man, God in the flesh. And, you know, do you love a gathering with friends and family to enjoy a, a Christmas party, for example? Well, guess what? Jesus enjoyed gathering with friends and family and people as well. Hey, do you enjoy just hanging out with friends, talking with them, you know, bantering? And Jesus did too. Jesus would, would sit around a fire at night, and, you know, late in the evening, he would banter with his, his friends. He would talk with them. He would enjoy just spending time with them. Hey, well, yeah, he experienced some of the good. Okay, but what about the bad? Oh, Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed, to be lied to, to be heard and mocked and ridiculed. Jesus knew what it was like to be beaten, left for nothing, lonely, tired, scared, and sad as well. Oh, Emmanuel, God with us changes everything. See, he identifies not only with my good, my joy, my happiness, my excitement, my hopes, my dreams. He understands what it means to be frail, to be hurting, to be scared, to have weakness, to have pain, to have loss. Christmas, Emmanuel, God understands but Emmanuel means more than just he understands. You know, some people understand, but it's important to know, do they care? Oh, it means Jesus loves me. I know you sang that song as a child. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, it means so much to know someone cares, genuinely cares. In the Garden of Eden, the Bible tells us that in the cool of the day, he would walk with Adam and Eve. You know, you, you read it as he interacted with Abraham, how he spoke to him, talked with him, spent time with him. Hey, you, you read how he sent the prophets. See, God always wanted to be close to his people. And the ultimate version of this one, he sent his son to become a man, 
to walk on this earth, to breathe our air, to have one of our bodies, to walk on the streets that we walk on. Wow. This is, a, this is our God. God in the flesh. Now, I know it's Christmas time, and I, I know that means you're supposed to have a break from school. And probably the last person you ever thought you'd get a punctuation uh, or grammar uh, um, education would be from me. But, but let me just give you a, a quick little lesson that I think it kind of made me, oh. See, you know, there are things that you learn as a child that later you go, that's what it meant. Yeah, I, I love hearing my girls talk about some of the craziest things that they thought meant something else when they were little, and then they figured out later, and they're like, oh. It's like one time I just said in passing, I was like, we were holding hands, walking, one of my daughters and I, and, and we interlocked fingers, and I said, now, honey, this is special. Not everybody interlocks fingers. That's something that you don't just do with anybody. You know, so you hold hands normal like this, and I don't remember how it worded, but in her head, that meant another thing. And, uh, and so the first time someone held her hand, she's like, oh, no, I'm pregnant. <laughs> that would have been the incarnation in a new way. <laughs> oh, you know, well, in this, let me tell you about a song that you might not have ever thought about. It's verse 4 of Silent Night. See... <laughs> Silent night, holy night, son of God, loves pure light. You know, light's pretty important, and God really loves it. As a child, that's how I read it. That's how I understood it. He loves light. He doesn't like darkness. Saying that's pretty clear in the Bible. Darkness is bad. Light is good. Other than that's not anything to do with what this is talking about. See, there's a comma and a, an apostrophe. And so what we have here is a possessive noun. I, I did go to English class some of the time. And, and so when it comes down to it, this is important. Let me reread it. Son of God, comma, loves, apostrophe S, pure light. A possessive noun here that's saying Jesus is the light shining into this world of God's love. Totally different. It's not just he likes light. Pure light. We like pure, not, not diluted light. Pure. That's kind of how I heard it. I mean, this is God's light. But what is he shining into this world? It's his love. I'm so thankful for that. It doesn't get any better than God's love. Because what does that drive him to do? Verse 21. And she will have a son. And you're to name him Jesus. Here's where it gets really good. For he will save his people from their sins. See, Emmanuel, God with us, means Jesus saves me. For anyone who would turn to him, put their hope in him, that there's salvation in the name of Jesus. It's not just he understands. It's not just that he cares about my good and my bad. It's that he offers salvation. See, God in the spirit was indestructible. He was all-knowing, all-powerful. I mean, this God, he, he couldn't lay down his life 
unless he had a body. And God became man. Jesus was born. It opened up his plan of redemption where he could take upon himself my punishment, your punishment. Sin has a consequence, and that's called death and separation from God eternally outside of grace and forgiveness found in Jesus. And this changes everything. See, Jesus in the flesh could have his body torn. Jesus in the flesh could have his blood pour out that we might be forgiven. God becoming man provided Jesus with a body that he could sacrifice for you and for me. Let me put it in perspective. You know, Christmas time, I love decor. Now, now let me clarify, not decor necessarily that I put up. I, I love decor that, that you all put up at your house. Uh, and, and, uh, and so I love driving around looking at the lights. I, I, I love that you climbed up on those ladders, got up on that roof, and, and put all that stuff out for two or three weeks. And, and, and I'm just like, that's so cool. Let's drive right on by. And then I don't need to take it down in January. Now, if I could put it up and leave it year-round, I'd be okay with that. But social norms that my wife has explained to me said that's not acceptable to leave up all year-round. And Because I did one year. And, and she's like, Perry, take the lights down. It's July. Uh, well, if I did enjoy putting up lights and leaving, now I did, I'm not total ball humbug. I put some up on the front of our house and over the garage but if I really enjoyed putting up lights, you know what I would do? I, I would get a big scene of a manger and of a cross. You go, Barry, that's weird. Why would you put a cross? At the... do you, don't you understand the cross is what makes the manger so special? Without... The dying Lord Jesus pouring out his life. The baby doesn't mean that much. See, the, the manger represents God's gift to the world. The cross represents God's gift for you, for me, for the world. The two absolutely go together. See, it's it's the plan of salvation coming to be. I'm so thankful God understands, and, and it's awesome that he cares, but without salvation, it'd all be for naught. Jesus' arrival set the stage for what mattered most, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that we might receive grace and forgiveness. See, Jesus experienced life just as we do. He lived and he loved, guess what, just as we do. And he experienced death just as we all will someday. That matters because you and I, all of us, have sinned. In other words, everyone deserves coal in our stocking, so to speak. But Jesus died in our place that we could find grace. He gave his life so that we could find life in him. The question is, will you recognize that gift? Verse 23 and 24 says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. 
and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, verse 24 has something real important at the beginning. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. You got to remember where Joseph was in all of this. The woman that he loved and that he was excited to get married to comes up pregnant by God. And how weird that would be. How strange that would be. He, his dreams were being dashed. All that he had planned in life and how they were going to settle down and how this is going to happen. This is going All of that is thrown out the window. He was facing his dream or God's dream. His way was going to be kind of a little more simple, a little more easy. It wasn't going to have that much sacrifice. God's way, it was going to change everything. Everyone was going to think, well, you know. And they're going to wonder, why are you still with her if it's not yours? And they're on the run. King Herod wants to kill the child. And this changed everything. He had to get past his own fears, his own worries, his own hurt, his struggles to say yes to God. Now the question is, will you say yes to God this Christmas? See, if you're not careful, you're going to get so caught up in all the hubbub and all the stuff and and all the Christmas parties and the gift buying and, and all the materialism and all the noise and all the rushing that you're going to miss the Savior of the world who came that you might have life, grace, future, a hope. I hope that you'll recognize the gift. Pray with me, dear Lord. I thank you for your incredible love, the hope that you've granted us, the forgiveness that you've given. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would awaken the hearts of those who are here that that they would grab hold of this gift, they accept it, and that their lives would be changed forever. Oh, Lord, I ask that you would awaken within them more than a Sunday morning church religious action, but that they would say, I'm in, here's my life, and I, I want your way, not my way. Oh, let the baby Jesus who died on a cross as an adult change everything about them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yesterday I was in a store that we shall not name so that my wife does not know what I bought. And it was in a place somewhere in Manhattan that's about as specific as I shall be. And I I went to the counter holding something that I know that she's going to really like and I can't wait for her to open and it's going to be the best Christmas gift ever. Um, And as I was talking to the the person checking me out, a person next to that person in the store that we won't tell said, Pastor Barry, I just want you to know that my best friend will... He gave his life to Jesus because of your story. And, and I just wanted to tell you, and I'm like, 
And I went from kind of rushing around and thinking about gifts and thinking about this and worried about that and making sure is this going to be the right one and, and it will be. It's going to be the best ever. But then I was all worried about all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, wham, everything went away. And she said, you know what? Over Christmas break, he's going to be thinking about what, what he needs to do when he gets back. I think he's going to get baptized when he comes home, when he comes back to school. And I just wanted you to know, who is it around you who, because of your story, needs to find Christ? Have they heard it? Well, what about you? Maybe today you're going, okay, I, I want this. Do you realize that story over 2,000 years ago that occurred is, is true? It was true for them. It changed the shepherd's life. It changed Mary and Joseph's life. It's changed countless lives for 2,000 some years. It changed my life. And this Christmas, it could change yours. If you'll recognize him. Oh, he wants to be your savior. Stand with us. We're going to go into song of an invitation song where you're to respond to this incredible gift called Emmanuel. If you'd like to pray with us on the upper or lower level in the back right-hand corner, we'd love to meet you there.